You're listening to the weekly podcast of Cayo, the youth ministry of the Father's House in Owensboro, Kentucky. Cayo is a healthy home for teens who are loved like family as sons and daughters that embrace their kingdom identity and purpose to change the world. At Cayo, your home. What's your answer be? If you were to say what is true or what is right, and you were posed with the question, how do you know to make the right decisions? How do you know to live in truth? Most people would say feelings. Most people would say feelings. If it feels right, do it. If it feels bad or it harms me, don't do it. A lot of people tend to live this way whether you realize it or not. You live by feelings, right? So it seems to make a lot of sense, right? I eat a cheeseburger. It feels right, right? It smells good. The whole situation feels right. I eat Taco Bell. It feels right. But then later, Taco Bell feels wrong, very wrong. Taco Bell transforms inside your stomach. See, we tend to, by the way, sometimes we tend to think if it makes me feel awkward, it's bad. If it makes me feel a little uneasy, well, it must be bad. See, the problem is, is that feelings do what? They change. Feelings change. Feelings can say, go, one day. And feelings can say, stop. Feelings can say, go one day. They can stop. Your feelings can get you into trouble. You girls, you like boy today. I'm going to say boy exhibit A. Boy exhibit A. And by next week, you probably are already on, already on boy exhibit F. Guess what? He just doesn't look as good between what I saw on social media and what I saw in my DMs. Watch those DMs. He didn't look as good when I saw him in person. His breath stunk. You know, your feelings change. Your feelings go up and your feelings go down. You feel lovey-dovey on Valentine's Day when you get gifts, but then the next day you see how stupid they are and suddenly that interest tends to go down. Your feelings are not reliable. It's impossible. In fact, Proverbs 16.25 says, before every person there is a path that seems like the right one to take. But in the end, it leads to destruction, and one translation says it leads to hell. So sometimes just it can feel right, but be completely wrong, right? I could eat a whole pizza, and then by the time I'm three slices in, my feelings shift, and I go, I can't eat anymore. I'm full, especially if I add a Pepsi to it, and pizza always requires Pepsi. Can I get a yes, sir? So, absolute truth. Hey, hey, guys, get over your feelings. You're wrong. So, here's the deal. Your feelings can't be right and can't be trusted because why? They change. They go up and down. Remember, moral law, absolute truth, absolute right. It's the same for all time, all people, and all places. All right, Pastor Darrell, whatever. Well, most people then tend to shoot for, well, right equals experience. Well, right equals experience, right? Well, 
That seems to make a lot of sense. You lied and you didn't get caught. But over here, and by the way, you over here lie all the time, somebody. And then you over here might lie once and you get caught. You never get caught, right? Some of you are addicted to your cell phone. You can log into your, you can look at your phone. By the way, I'm not picking on cell phones, but some of you guys are probably a little more addicted to social media, probably even to TikTok than somebody over here. Does that make TikTok bad for everyone? That's it's rhetorical. I don't want your answers. Think about it. But the thing is, just because one person struggles with TikTok doesn't necessarily mean the other person does. What about alcohol? I've known some people that their dad drinks alcohol, and he's a great guy. They'll say he's a good guy. By the way, let's redefine what good means. That's later on. He's a good guy. But somebody over here, your dad drinks alcohol, and he beats you, your siblings, and your mom. Somebody over here could be sexually active, have sex, and not get pregnant. But somebody over here could be sexually active and get pregnant. Somebody over here could be sexually promiscuous or very, very active, multiple people, and not get an infection or disease. But somebody over here might, and yet somehow they do. The problem in the thinking that right equals experience is that experiences can vary. Sadie's experience might be different from Hayden's experience, whatever it may be. You guys, don't worry about the last subject. It's not what I'm talking about. But the problem is they can be different. It's awkward because you don't confront it. That's why we're doing it. That's why I have to do it. Welcome to my world. So the thing is, experiences can be what? Different. So remember, if moral law is the same for all time, all people, and all places, that means your experience and your experience would have to be the same. Pastor Darrell, what if five people had the same experience and three people had different experiences? Still the same. Everybody's experience is different. It's never going to be 100% the same. So, all right, Pastor Darrell. Proverbs 13.20 says this, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion or the friend of dull-witted fools will experience harm, one translation says, or will be destroyed. One of your experiences hanging out with friends that get in trouble, you don't get caught, and nothing bad happens yet. You know, it could down the road. You never know. By the way, God never intended for us to always look over our shoulder. He never intended that. The truth sets us free. So, but somebody else's experience with their friends, right, they don't get in trouble. Or they do get in trouble, and they do get caught. Again, your experiences can vary. Be careful of who you trust. Like when you make decisions, you can't trust feelings, and you can't trust experience. It's just not realistic because absolute truth Absolute right has to be the same for all time, all people, and all places, right? So then most people say, well, right equals normal. This is my favorite one. Right equals normal. 
What is normal? Most people, normal here in the United States says you can date when you're 11, 12, really whenever. I mean, I know people in like second grade got boyfriends and girlfriends. We know that's not dating. We know that's not dating. However, but dating starts at 11, 12. It also, dating is permissible at 16, 17, 18. However, it's also permissible, you know, for someone to date, have sex, not get married, have children, live together. Or they could date, live together, have sex, and get married. And then some people date, get married, and then have sex. It's all in different orders, right? But in our culture, in our culture, all of those things generally are accepted. 60, 70 years ago, 50 years ago, probably 40 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago, the idea of somebody living with someone else, pretending like they're married, would have been frowned upon. It would have been looked as if very bad, right? There's a reason for that, because God designed for us to be in a covenant in marriage between a husband and wife. More on that later. Pursuit's coming. But if you go to the Middle East, dating rules are a lot different. In fact, if you were to go to an Islamic country, they can marry children. By the way, you can go to California, and I don't know if it passed or not, but I believe it did. They think there needs to be a 10-year gap with, uh, where a 21-year-old could be with an 11-year-old. That's sick. But if you were to go to an Islamic country, they could marry a child, and the child has no say. By the way, women have rights in the United States of America, but in an Islamic country, they have minimal rights. Normal for us isn't necessarily normal for them. Here's the other thing. Homosexuality, our culture embraces that. If you were to go to an Islamic country, when I say culture, I'm not saying the Bible or God. Be clear with what I'm saying. If you were to go to an Islamic country, they would behead a homosexual and throw them off a roof for them to go plummet to their death. What do Islamic countries do to those that say Jesus is Lord and follow him? What do they do to them? They also behead them and kill them. That which is normal here. And here, we're worshiping Jesus without persecution, without opposition. We get to come here, worship Jesus, play kickball, gaga ball, and all these things. And we take it for granted every week. Somebody over in China would kill to have an environment like this. But it would be underground because their government frowns upon real Christianity. Instead, they have a united religion that is not even Christian and in its nature at all. And you have people in China that have been murdered for almost 100 years for their faith. Go to Africa. Africa, citizens have a lot different rights than they do in Islamic countries. For us, we throw good food in the garbage. In Africa, they eat out of the garbage and out of dumps. Because they don't have the unlimited blessing, drinking water, and the unlimited resources of food that we have. Pastor Darrell, what does this have to do? Normal, the problem is, is normal for you, normal for us, is not normal for another country. So it's impossible that rights based on normal. 
What is normal? I mean, the mullet was normal 25 years ago. It was normal three years ago. It's still kind of normal in some parts of Owensboro, and that's okay. But for a long time, the mullet, for at least a decade, the mullet was totally frowned upon. Nobody liked it. By the way, there's at least two mullets or one current in the room, or there was once one. But the point is, look at the pants you're wearing. Okay, in the 70s, they would have wore bell bottoms. I'm pretty sure those are coming back. Guess what? That which was old is now new again. You guys are wearing 1970s clothes. You're old. In the 2000s and the 2010s, guys wore girl jeans. It was normal. Guess what? You can't base right on normal because normal is not the same for all time, all people, and all places. So what is right? I want you to listen in on this one as I wrap up. What is right? John 14, 6 says this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God the Father except through me. At the end of the day, right equals Jesus. Now, here's the deal. Jesus says he's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. No one comes to God except through him. He's the standard to live. He's the way to live. He's the truth to live. He is who he says he is. He's honest. He's faithful. He's just, and he's pure. This is the standard. By the way, people love to lower basketball goals, to lower the standard. We don't lower God's standard. Again, absolute truth, moral law, that which is right is the same for all time, all people, and all places. Jesus' feelings don't go up and they don't go down. Jesus' experiences are not going to vary. Jesus is not going to base whatever is based right and truth on normal because 2,000 years ago, they did a lot of things differently than we do today. See, in Hebrews 13, 8, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. Right equals Jesus. Truth equals Jesus. Pastor Darrell, what's this got to do with me? It has to do everything with you. Pastor Darrell, I want to know how to make wise choices. I want to make good choices. I don't like. I want to live right and not wrong. And it's not about being right and wrong. But you want to live just. You want to live holy. You want to live true, right? So when you're making choices, when you're at that crossroads of a decision, even when you're tempted, take time to consider your decision. Does this decision reflect Jesus or something else? Does this option I have to choose between, does it allow me to stay faithful, loyal? Does it allow me to stay pure? Am I having to lie or am I having to walk in truth? Am I having to cover it up or can I be fully upfront and real about it? Once you've determined these answers, you make the wise choice and the right choice. Jesus is the way. How do you make the right decisions? How do you know when to test, when you're confronted with the test, how do you know what's the way to go? The way to go is Jesus. And how do you know Jesus and how he stands? You've got to read his word. He is the Bible. He is the word. How are you going to know how to live right? How are you going to know how to live wise? I'm going to tell you right now, there's girls in the room thinking about one day they want to get married and have children. One day. 
You probably not in any rush right now, but one day, that's a dream of yours. Some guys have that dream. And the thing is, you're going to want to know who's the right one to marry because you don't want to marry an old hag like the lady in the video last week. And I'm not talking about how she looks. The Bible says it's better to live in the rooftop of a house than to live in the broad part of the house with a nagging wife. By the way, I'm not picking on women, but guys can be pretty awful too. Point is, you want to know how to make the right decisions? Jesus is literally saying, I've cut out all the crap and all the fluff. I've taken out all the confusion. And I've made it point clear as day. I'm the way. I'm the truth and the life. If you'll trust me, if you'll look to me, if you will follow me, it'll be simple. You don't have to have a broken heart after 10 boyfriends. Ladies, in five years... Some of you guys, you won't be pregnant with two, two babies, and then that baby now has, uh, you know, you're the, you're the mom, but you got three or four baby daddies. I see it every week. I don't think that's God's plan for your life. A lot of people say, well, Jesus says he's the way, truth, and the life. I have a problem with that. Look, I didn't write it. But I do think God loves you and I so much that he says, let me make it simple for you. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life, and that's it. Let me, why worry? Why stay up late at night trying to figure out what to do, trying to make the right decisions? I don't want to screw up. I don't want to fail. Jesus says, trust me, and you're not going to fail because it's impossible for Jesus to fail you. Let's pray. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Bow your heads, close your eyes. I just want you to just sit still for a minute. Don't be talking to anybody to the left or the right. Okay? I want you to ask God to examine your heart. If this spoke to you in any way, whatever, with every head bowed and every pair of eyes closed, if this spoke to you in any way, I want you to begin to pray to God right now. See, the Bible says in John 8 that the truth sets us free. And it's not feelings, it's not experiences, and it's not what the culture says, quote, normal. you're in the room today, and this message spoke to you, I just want you to lift your hand up high enough where our leaders and myself can see it. I want to know who we're praying for. Anybody in this room? And some of you, this may have convicted you. I don't know. Conviction is not a bad thing. A lot of times when we kind of feel like, ooh, I need to make some adjustments. I need to make some changes. That's the Holy Spirit saying, I'm here to help you. The way you're going is not good for you. I want you to follow me. Follow Jesus. It's not, it's not that you're bad or there's anything to be ashamed of. He's saying, hey, it's time to shift gears and go the other way. Anybody in the room? 
So everybody in Jesus are Gucci right now? Every single person in the room is good with God. I don't believe that. But I'm going to accept it right now. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you. I pray, Lord, that you're stirring the hearts of young people tonight to no longer settle for second best, no longer settle for lies and deception, and no longer settle for the empty promises of this world. But, Lord, that Jesus Christ, heaven was bankrupted, given as a gift, a sin offering to us to rescue us and to save us, to literally walk alongside with us and help us live out this life in victory, a life to the full, a life blessed. And Lord, there's probably some people in the room, they're, they're probably, you. if they're carrying shame or guilt in the room right now, that is not of God the Father. If you're feeling shame or guilt of any kind in the room, let me just assure you, that's not from God. God is here to tell you he's a loving father. There's nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. You're loved. Step into my presence. Step in. Uh, come into my loving arms. The God is saying, I love you. Step into my peace. Get your joy back. Get your peace back. Don't stay in that hidden sin. Don't stay in depression. Don't stay in that situation that's got you bound in chains. He's saying, I've come to set you free. But freedom is not scary. It may be uncomfortable, but freedom is always better. Anybody in the room feeling guilt or shame? Anybody? Just ask him. Just ask him. Anybody's feeling guilt or shame in the room? Anybody in the room? Okay. See, one hand. Thank you for your honesty. You put it down. See, two hands. that any lie or accusation the Lord rebuke you devil in the name and the authority of Jesus I pray right now Lord peace Lord I pray Lord that love acceptance Father sonship and daughtership not shame not guilt Lord no one's an orphan in this room you have not left us orphans in Jesus name Thank you, Lord. Amen.